Hey, guys. Well, hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. Hey, so this is probably our last podcast before the holidays here. I was just wondering, you guys got any holiday plans? Man, I'm uh, thinking about having a baby. I think I might do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. What? Um, Why no, have I not mentioned this before? That is a really that is a really big plan, Laurel. Mm-hmm. Um, could I wish you the best in your holiday plans? Uh, <laughs> how about you, John? Do you have any plans? I do. You know, I'm going to stop in and see the folks for a couple of days and then head down to Costa Rica for a non-denominational Star Trek The Next Generation holiday cosplay (laughs) extravaganza. I don't know if that's real or not, but the fact that I... You got to question it for a second. It could be real. I'm like, you might do that. You'll never know. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Sean? What are you doing for the holidays? I mean... It's kind of modest compared to what you all have planned. I'm I'm not going to Costa Rica. I'm not having a baby, Laurel. Okay. Um, way I'm to, not. I'm not saying you should. Way to grab the spotlight here. <laughs> Selfish. Um, but sorry. You know, I would like to kind of get the family together around a warm fire and just play some games. You know, I just love playing games. Games. Did you say games? In fact, John, I just said games, yes. Well, you know what that means. I am not sure I do, but I am excited. It means it's time for another edition of everyone's favorite fake podcast game show where the rules are always changing, but the contestants are always the same. Sean, Laurel, are you ready? Sure! Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. Let's play About That Year We Had. About That Year We Had, the game where you try to fight through the haze of your own fallible human memory and tell listeners about the Wisconsin politics news that was in 2021. This is the WPR Politics Podcast. I'm your host, John K. Wilson. I'm Sean Johnson. And I'm Laurel White. This week on the podcast... This year. Well, all right. Great to have everybody along today. Let's get started. Sean, Laurel, you already know the rules, but for folks at home who might be tuning in for the first time, here's how things are going to go. 2021 was a major year for Wisconsin political news. There are so many news stories we could go over, but in the interest of time, we have chosen four major ones that we're going to talk about. Sean, Laurel, you'll pick a story, and you'll have five minutes on the clock to tell us all what happened, why it's important, and what to look for going forward. Just real, real quick, um... You say we know the rules. We've never done this before. Exactly. (laughs) We used to do about that thing we said where we like rehashed takes that we had over the past few months. But this is a first about that year we had. So, you know, let's just mark the occasion. Now, Sean, don't remind listeners that we are just rehashing an old gimmick to bring structure to our year in review show. Okay. All right. 
Second thing, are you really, Laurel is really having a baby. Are you really going to Costa Rica for a, a Star Trek cosplay thing? You'll never know. <laughs> so cagey. Until the pictures show up on Instagram. Yeah, right. There's a no photo rule. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That kind of uh, that kind of event. Gotcha. Happy holidays. Hey, smartphones are not canon or period correct. All right. <laughs> let's let's move on to new stuff. Anyway, moving right along. The four categories you have to select from today are redistricting, COVID in 2021. The state budget process. And rehashing the 2020 election. (laughs) Sean, Laurel, the board belongs to you two. Which category are you going to go with first? Oh, wow, Sean. Um, I think we should go for the... uh, Let's go for the the state budget process for 500. Do we get points? (laughs) No points. (laughs) You just get the satisfaction just... of telling people important things. 500 okay. satisfaction points. Got it. Love it. No points. Stop it, Sean. <laughs> All right. State budget process it is. Five minutes on the clock. Ready, set, go. So this is obviously a big, important story because we get a new state budget every two years and... It's the thing that funds all the state things. So that's pretty important. (laughs) Budget. The thing that funds all the state things. Yes. And so that was the subhead on the governor's budget, if I remember. (laughs) Exactly. Has been for years. They just write it in Latin to make it look fancy. (laughs) So uh, we're wasting our five minutes. So, um, The kind of big headlines of the budget this year were that the governor put out a really expansive plan, a lot of policy proposals that he wanted, uh, legalizing marijuana, um, big education funding bump, uh, accepting more federal Medicaid dollars, just a, a, you know, aspirational document, a big, lots of things, lots of things. And Republicans were quick to remove several hundred of those at the outset of the budget process um, to whittle things down um, to a level that they were more comfortable with. They pushed back pretty strongly on the governor's plan, uh, said it was a very political document, his budget proposal. And it kind of went from there. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the farther away you get from a news story, the the more that your brain offloads the details that you once <laughs> had at your fingertips. And I think what I remember about this budget, what I do remember about this budget, I probably won't remember it in two years, right? But um, Tell me about the 2019 budget. Well, it was like this budget, but less. Like, right? <laughs> so I can still remember that one. Um, it was trends, the, the trends that like picked up this budget began in that budget. And those were like the governor introducing a lot of stuff that he wanted, despite knowing that Republicans didn't want it. And then Republicans not even 
the noteworthy thing is that they just decided they weren't even going to debate it. They took it out of the budget from the get go. And like the rules of the finance committee are, and you can never talk about this again, basically, right? We've, we voted on this. We've taken this out of the budget. Um, never speak of it again, of it again is their technicality. So that was noteworthy that they took out so much. And then that they included this big tax cut and mm-hmm. that Evers signed it was pretty noteworthy. I think I'll remember that, you know, and I think there's a couple ways to look at it. One, Evers got them to kind of like do his campaign promise for him because he had promised this income tax cut and they put it in the budget. There was some thought they were putting it in the budget to kind of force his hand to try to make him veto this budget. And he, and he said like, no, thank you. I got my, I got my tax cut that I can use for my reelection. Yeah, I think I mean, the other way of looking at it is go ahead, John. I, I was just going to say like, he, he didn't talk about all of the things that were cut from his budget, at least when talking about the giant tax cut part. No, he just like, he pivoted very quickly to saying like, look what I did. And then I think, so that, that was potentially a political win for him. On the other hand, I think Republicans would look at the way this budget process, you know, played out and say, hey, even when we don't have the governor's office, we kind of in Wisconsin state government, we kind of run things. You know, we essentially set the the tone for this budget, even though we don't have the executive. So um, that's maybe what I'll remember in a couple of years. But I'm not promising anything. (laughs) (laughs) I think the other thing that's notable about this budget is just the financial shape that the state is in right now after this budget has been passed, which is we have just like a historically huge rainy day fund in Wisconsin. The balance is like $1.7 billion, which is much more than it's been in the past. And there's been some debate about whether that money should be spent or if it should continue to sit in that fund. The governor has wanted to use it for things like education. Republicans want to keep it in there. So I think that's just an important thing for folks to know as we're talking about state finances now and in the future that Wisconsin had larger than expected tax revenues, went into that rainy day fund. And so we're sort of approaching the next budget cycle with this unique financial standing and just a ton of federal money was also a factor yeah in that i mean i was, I was gonna say we can have a little uh <laughs> a little, little extended time just to point out how notable the amount of federal money from covid relief from congress was coming into the state and how the governor had control over you know a, a fair bit of it right yeah so even if like he didn't necessarily call the shots in this budget in the way that he wanted to he still has control over all this federal money that he is handing out across the state and probably will throughout the course of 2022 well sean and laurel good job on that first category giving the broad outline of the state budget process nice job oh thanks mr game game show host you know, I can't give out prizes, so I give out affirmations instead. Appreciate it. And then appreciate the 500 uh, points also. That was really nice of you. <laughs> you did not get those. I did. Nope. In my heart, I got 500 points. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Which news topic would you like to talk about next? 
Laurel, do you want to choose it again? Sure. Why don't we... Um, <laughs> why don't we talk about the, you know, continued COVID-19 pandemic? Let's talk about COVID-19 and state government in 2021 for 1,500,000 points. Excellent choice, but shut up about the second part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, if we get these points, we're definitely going to win. <laughs> Okay, well, setting the clock for five minutes to talk about COVID in Wisconsin politics in 2021 for absolutely no points. <laughs> Ready, set, go! Okay, you know, we talked about in the last segment about how you remember stuff about news stories until you just don't. And, like, we, I, I was trying to remember what, in state government happened with COVID this year because I remember the fights of 2020 and I didn't really remember the fights of 2021 and it, Laurel started. Uh, it, it's because time has no meaning anymore. <laughs> COVID is just a temporal anomaly that warps and stretches everything around us that it touches. It's all kind of blended together. 2020 and 2021 have been kind of a big blob in my brain. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And so I, it was, I was glad when you guys helpfully pointed out some stories we did about Supreme Court rulings this year mm -hmm. in uh, about the governor's emergency powers, some of which I wrote <laughs> in detail. <laughs> yes. um, but let's see, the, the big issues that the Supreme Court covered as far as COVID this year, they said that the governor did not have the authority to reissue that statewide mask mandate, right? Mm -hmm. And the court also said that the governor went too far or the Department of Health Services went too far. It's coming back to me when it issued it's an order. It's got to flex those old muscles, you know? <laughs> That's right. Um, I used to remember the chapter numbers of the statute, though. And uh, dang, it's so embarrassing that I don't have that anymore. 252, was that it? That sounds right. Because <laughs> it's a number right. and I don't remember anything else. <laughs> Um, anyway, anyway, sorry. Anyway, but like they essentially the court said you went too far when you issued these new restrictions on, you know, bar and restaurant capacity. So essentially another loss for Evers before the state Supreme Court on those. And I think the first one is really I mean, that not that the second one isn't super important, but the first one was. The first decision was you can't issue multiple emergency declarations for the same thing, saying that the thing has evolved over time. So the governor was issuing multiple emergency declarations for COVID-19 as it went on to, you know, renew state things like the mask mandate. And basically the court said, no, there's you get one, you get one per pandemic. And so... Hopefully we don't have another pandemic, obviously, but this is it's it's a big deal now for anything that the governor would want to do now. And obviously a huge deal in the future um, to set this sort of precedent like, all right, you get one shot and this is what it's going to look like. You have two minutes and 10 seconds left. Ooh, Laurel, that sounds like just enough time to talk about legislative action about COVID-19 this year. Yes. So Republican lawmakers passed a few bills related to COVID-19. Um, particularly ones that would 
block um, vaccine mandates, requirements for vaccines from um, from government officials, from local government officials, um, and uh, requiring workers, state workers, to return to in-person work on a certain timeline. These are things that were important to them during the COVID debate, things that they, you know, didn't want slash wanted to happen, and Governor Evers didn't agree with them on any of it. So it was all vetoed. So basically the effect was that there weren't any state laws related to COVID in 2021. Yeah, it seems like that's the bottom line there, is that there are still some local requirements for COVID prevention, depending on where you go in the state. And it's still obviously a politically charged issue, but at the level of state government, uh, like legislative policy, it's not being debated as an issue anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I should mention, too, is I forgot that there was one um, that was about how the federal COVID-19 money would be spent, and it would have given lawmakers more control over those federal COVID-19 funds. So not like directly related to pandemic response, but funding that was because of the pandemic. (laughs) And the governor vetoed that one. Yeah. And those fights over the federal funding have been pretty... um severe i guess like they're so dug in on it that they have not they have collectively not funded things that they both agree on because of the source of the funding you know um so that's another kind of distant memory of this year also speaking of covid covid bill do we have time john how much time uh four seconds um just there was a big bill at the beginning of the year and and like the governor cut a deal with the senate new senate majority leader devin lemahue and then they passed that big COVID bill and the assembly changed it. And then the Senate changed it and it went back and f- Do you remember that? It's like the most yeah. crazy amendment, um, concurrence, non-concurrence process I've ever seen on this big COVID bill. But it kind of set the tone for how state government was going to work in a way. Like Speaker Voss and Devin Lemahue maybe had this momentary power struggle about which Republican was running things. But they seem to have put that behind them. Sure, I'll say that you know r- we did a bell. we did a whole podcast about that back and forth and back and forth because I remember talking about the like amendments and the concurrence and the concurrence to amendment one to substitute amendment one to amendment two to blah, 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 you know I I, I so that, you know if you're interested you can go back and listen to that if you want <laughs> to relive the procedural I, history I, of a bill that died <laughs> listen to our greatest hits from february of 20 whatever i, I 20 keep whatever. trying to hop back in with my game show voice but laurel is just dropping that hot advice so you know <laughs> just uh, also can we just can we go with sean's characterization of 20 whatever yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's, in, in, that's less, what it is Last century, we had the Roaring Twenties. Uh, this year, this century, we've got the 20-whatevers. <laughs> Just a blur. I don't know what happened those, that decade. All right. Well, Sean, Laurel, two categories down, two more to go. What will it be next? Ongoing 2020 election rehashing or redistricting? Laurel, I mean, you've gotten us all these points so far. <laughs> right. I feel, I feel I like you should keep up the hot streak here because these have a lot of points attached to them if we get them. 
With, there will be no knows. points. Yeah. <laughs> no points. Right. <laughs> Pretend game showing is so fun. That is what oh. you should all do over the holidays. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, all right. We're going to save the other one for last. I, let's do. Well, that's uh, how that works when you have two choices. Yep, yep. But I'm just walking you through my thought process here. Just lifting the curtain a little bit. Um. I think we should go for rehashing the election for 10,000 very real points. All right. That exist. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and <laughs> set the clock. You have five minutes to talk about ongoing rehashing of the 2020 election in 2021. Go. <laughs> Well, I would say, just to start, since Laurel's going to cover most of this, and she's covered this story more than I have, um, 2021 had a pretty remarkable start in that there was a, you know, insurrection that uh, happened in the, at the U.S. Capitol, which is like one of the biggest, it was this year, right? It feels like it's been a thing we've known about like forever now, but it was this year. And that was one of the biggest news stories of our lives. So um, probably good to just throw that in there in any story of what, you know, how the 2020 election has been a story that will not go away. So, Laurel, that's my contribution to (laughs) this. I I took the obvious stuff. Now you take it away. (laughs) Setting the table. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, there's been so much this year about pushing back on the 2020 election. So I think just as sort of a summary, we have had kind of the the routine state processes for election um, follow-up that happened. Those didn't uncover anything that was untoward in the 2020 election, just routine state audits. In terms of things that have been added on that don't normally happen, we had presidential recounts in Milwaukee and Dane County. Those were obviously a pretty big deal. Those didn't turn up any big discrepancies either. They actually added um, a small number of votes to President Biden's total. And then we've had all of these, you know, several Republican-backed investigations, inquiries, audits into the election following those things. Um, And those have taken a variety of forms. So there was one that was kind of pushed by a state assembly lawmaker, Janelle Branchin. That one didn't end up going anywhere because it didn't have support from the assembly speaker. We had an audit from the Legislative Audit Bureau, the state agency that does audits that was requested by Republican lawmakers. We have an ongoing investigation spearheaded by Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, led by Uh, former conservative state Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman. So that's kind of the the investigation landscape. And then we can get into more detail on these later in the whole five minutes that we have, or the two minutes we have when I'm done listing all the things. The the two and a half minutes you have (laughs) remaining. (laughs) There's just one more theme, big chunk of stuff that I want to mention, which are the lawsuits. So there were also a bunch of lawsuits related to the 2020 election that happened this year. And none of those lawsuits were successful in arguing that there was wrongdoing during the 2020 election either. Those are 2020, right? Didn't you cheat a little bit? Well, they were filed after the election. So Yeah, yeah. I think they were wrapped up. Were, were they all settled by January? Were they all settled 1, by January? 2021? 
Mm, I think so. I think so. Were they? Any, but we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Okay. Uh, anyway, if we can't pause the clock. It. And uh, we must just leave listeners wondering what the truth is without, there's no way we could, we can't adjust the rules of this game show. That seems fair. It's beyond my power as host. Regardless of whether they were in 2021 or late 2020, they were part of the election follow-up. I say points are still valid. Yeah. So like the courts had a chance to review the election and one, a federal court did decide a lawsuit on the merits um, because some of the other cases, uh, you know, you hear crit- critics of the decisions, you know, Republicans who want to review, who want to like kind of relitigate the 2020 election, say like, well, courts never really reviewed these cases on the merits. They just did, on procedural grounds, they dismissed these lawsuits. A federal court did um, decide the case on the merits. That was a rabbit hole I wasn't expecting to go down. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm blown away by like seconds? all 45 the- seconds? Good use I feel of time. like the, the Gableman investigation, even if it turns up nothing, it has turned up so many news stories and so much like venom at the Capitol. And so, you know, you could, I mean, for Robin Voss, who ordered the investigation, um, I think- you could see a potential political element of this decision where it, his base wants this stuff to be kind of front and center and like Michael Gableman investigating it, whether or not he turns up anything new has definitely made it front and center. Well, would you look at that, folks? Perfect timing there, but... Would you consider continuing to talk just a little bit about what the investigation is looking into and where it might go? You know, just tie it up in a nice little package with a bow holiday season there? Yeah. You're you're giving us bonus time because yeah. of all the points we've earned it's... so far? No. Stop it. Just just keep talking. <laughs> okay. So, in terms of going forward, the Gableman investigation is ongoing. And we learned this week that it, there really isn't an end date for it, according to Speaker Boss. So this is something that could absolutely, will absolutely continue into 2022. That conversation at the Capitol um, is not over. And, uh, you know, the focus on concerns about 2020 election administration isn't going to go away. So there's absolutely that. And there is also the likely continued fallout of the legislative audit bureau investigation which was critical right, we just kind of, of glossed over that right which was a big deal i mean the gableman investigation is ongoing so it's kind of top of mind but the fallout of the lab inquiry um audit is absolutely evolving you know that was very critical of the wisconsin elections commission suggested a number of policy updates suggested some ways that guidance wasn't in compliance with state law there's been back and forth over whether the audit was accurate in that regard or misinterpreted the guidance but there have been a lot of calls for changing the elections commission the wisconsin elections commission or um, putting more restrictions on it so i think that's going to be something that continues into 2022 100% as well. And we didn't even get into all of the voting law changes that Republican lawmakers passed after the 2020 election as well. We did a 
heck of a good podcast on them when they were in the bill <laughs> stage, though. And I actually think that one is still relevant because those p- proposals are still things they'll want to do maybe next session. Yeah, um, especially if a Republican governor is elected in 2022. These are things that you are gonna, man, could very it's gonna easily be, be signed into law. Election laws are going to be a changing if that happens, which is interesting because Republicans just created the Elections Commission like a few years ago, basically, mm-hmm. to replace the Government Accountability Board, which they had a hand in creating to replace the Wisconsin uh, elections agency that preceded it. I mean, it's just... It's uh, never ending in the world of election fights. Well, one thing that does have an end is this game show. We have one category remaining to talk about from the news in 2021. Are you ready to talk about redistricting for five whole minutes? Not really. I've kind of had it with that one. (laughs) Can we just do a super cut of mapped out for five minutes? Like, how how, how would that work? Seven episodes, just kind of. Very poorly. That's how that would go. Yeah, it would. would. Instead, just go to WPR.org slash mapped out or subscribe to WPR reports mapped out on your favorite podcast app. All right. For all the points that just exist in your head, five minutes on the board, let's hear about redistricting in Wisconsin in 2021. Well, we don't have maps yet. That's what I know. (laughs) (laughs) Good start. Okay. I would say at the beginning of 2021, redistricting was, while we kind of had like a, a way we thought it might go. Like the more I read about it and thought about it, it became this mystery of like, how might this unfold? Would they want it to go to federal court or state court? You know, um, what are the nuances there? If it goes to federal court, they can't, you know, like there were so many sort of like, what will Brian Hagnorn on the Wisconsin Supreme court think? And I, and I feel like those many avenues have turned into like one highway and it goes to the Wisconsin Supreme court and they have already said, look, we're not going to redraw this map from scratch. We are endorsing this idea of a least changes map, meaning you're going to start from the 2011 map, which Republicans drew, which has given them big majorities over the past decade, even in years when Democrats did well statewide. So the court has answered that big question. We're going to take the case we're going to endorse a least changes map. And now the question is just like, what does least changes mean in terms of the details of that map? So the governor has, this is new this week. So this is um, new for our podcast audience. Oh my goodness. You're getting this for the first time. <laughs> you heard that it first. anywhere else. The governor introduced to the Supreme court, his version of like a least changes map. Yet a few parties do this, um, interested parties before the court say, here's what we think it should look like. And the governor's office, according to the governor's office, an average of the past uh, six statewide elections, the governor's map would still have a pretty significant Republican, uh, majorities in the assembly and the Senate. Uh, And that is because if you're starting with the 2011 map and adjusting it for population as as your starting point, you can't really make a Democratic map out of that. Um, The governor's plan would have a 55-44 Republican majority in the assembly. 
and I think it was 20, I think it was 2013 in the Senate. So pretty Republican, right? On the other hand, put, imagine uh, having a case before the Supreme Court where the governor's plan, 55 Republican seats in the assembly is like over here. And then like on the other end of the, uh, the spectrum, you have what the legislature wants, which is a like a 63 seat Republican majority plan. And that's what they're fighting over um, in the court, like an eight seat difference. It's actually the more I think about it, it's kind of still an interesting story. The, you know, the range of outcomes between one and the other. And it is going to be in the hands of this court with Justice Brian Hagenhorn in the middle, potentially. So what least changes means will be a big story in 2022. <laughs> Stay tuned. I love I love that we all just witnessed the evolution of Sean being like, we're on a highway to a conclusion. <laughs> it's, and then he's like, actually, it's very exciting. But then there there's all these new exit ramps. They could go this way. They could go yeah. that way. It's like the, uh, the end of um, Castaway when Tom Hanks, you know, delivers that package to the lady out in the country. And then he's like, where am I going to go? I lost my volleyball. I'm sad. I'm just going to drive down this dirt road. Is just that like that, that movie ended? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy. You are named after his volleyball friend. I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's me. Um. In the the remaining fifty three seconds or so that we have left, that that was all very good, great, but mostly forward looking. Being that this is a year in review show, can you give me a little broader look back about what redistricting looked like in twenty twenty one? You know what what it meant politically, maybe. You you want to say something about that? Well, I mean, I was quite a political um, blow for the governor's people's maps commission, I'd say, and just people who wanted like to change redistricting and the process of redistricting and have thought about it for like the past 10 years, you know, like next time should be different. And, you know, it's for them, it's like, it's not going to be. And like the, the map that ends, ends up getting decided here could, could be in place until 2032. It's just, it's amazing yeah. the consequences of redistricting and the consequences of like the, the consequences of the 2010 election. Republicans won that 2010 election. They got to draw this map. And because the Supreme Court has said we are adopting a least changes version of this map, they've essentially endorsed this 2011 map going forward for another decade. It boggles the mind. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in 2032, but this map could still be in place. Boggle. That's a game. And that brings <laughs> us to the end of our game today. Um, what, wait, wait, what was it? About that year we had? Yeah. I think it's called Laurel and Sean win all the points. Yeah. Woo! No, it's not. But we can settle that in private. Anyway, thank you to everybody involved, including all the news stories we didn't get to. Thank you to Sean and Laurel for participating, and of course, our live studio audience. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. How'd you get them in, uh, in your apartment, John? That's amazing. <laughs> it's very close quarters. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, I know you both had your hearts set on points, and I just can't give you those. But I can send you each home with a brand new car! Okay, cool. <laughs> you could have just given us for 10 yeah. points, but yeah. we got a car. We'll take it. I'm sorry to say, the car is also imaginary. <laughs> Until next time, Sean Johnson is WPR's Capital Bureau Chief. Earl White is WPR's Capital Reporter. And John K. Wilson is our resident politics nerd. Okay, sure. Playing games for prizes is fun, but if you'd like to be a guaranteed winner almost every single week, well, all you have to do is subscribe to get new episodes of the WPR Politics Podcast, and you are sure to go home happy. You can find it on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. While you're there, leave a rating or a review to help our live studio audience find it. And of course, you can catch up on all of our past episodes anytime at wpr.org slash politicspodcast.